Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and all the other parts of the, got to be somebody in the Greenwich Mean Time. So uh, tonight's, uh, this evening's uh, Dharma talk is uh, titled, um, See the Impulse. I think I added something else to that too, but I, very situationally. See the impulse to sing something? Yes, sing Irish tunes or songs or tunes. See the impulse. So that's just in honor of uh, uh, St. Patty's Day. So the idea there is to see the impulse, see see the impulse before the in impulse gets its hooks into you and takes you on a, a journey to do this do that, not do this, not do that, any kind of directionality, including stopping, including moving forward, moving away, uh, alternating uh, your observation, your seeing, your uh, seeing to uh, go within, uh, turn within and ignore what is happening in front of you. There's all, so many different ways of doing that. The ignorance is sometimes called prejudice because we don't really see that we're prejudiced. We don't see that we're ignoring. It's extremely subtle and it's tied up with the personality and the way in which a, any, any given individual uh, grasps at an identity and uses what they're ignoring, what they're accepting, what they're, reject, what they're rejecting, and so on to substantiate, reify, and you know, artificially support support that situation. So the idea here is to see that. When I say that, I'm when I say see it, uh, it's it's not about stopping it. That's that's a misunderstanding as far as I can see. And I and I'm seeing, I'm talking out of what I see, not out of what I know. You hear me say over and over again, at least the last year or so. And so if if you see it, the impulse the first impulse, that's the first, and then the next impulse, the first impulse, and then the next impulse, there's an impulse, and then there's another impulse. And it's uh, they, they get layered up like that very quick out of hope for something better and fear of something worse, to put it simply. So the idea of the way I'm addressing this or saying this is see, see the impulsive quality of the mind rather than uh, reacting to it seeing the impulse and rather than being reacting to the impulse to stop it. Oh, I'm starting to get mad or I'm, I'm starting to grasp this or push that or shut down on this or open or closed or whatever it may be. The impulse because of the need of the self-centered mind, the ego mind, the seventh consciousness, the narcissism to, to feel like it, he, she, they, or whatever is someone has some kind of validation out of being resisted, out of being approved, and out of being ignored or shut down. So those three and all of the nuances that uh, show up and make it more difficult for us to see fundamentally, to see fundamentally the impulse. The impulse just, uh, I don't know if there is a gap there. The impulse is so fast, this shows up and we do this. This shows up and we do that. This shows up and we do that. So by practicing shikantaza, at least that's how it looks here, to sit down and watch the impulsive mind continually show up, uh, continu continually fishing 
that that hope and fear is continually fishing for a validation, reification, justification, incorporation of your self-centeredness. Let's let's uh, let's you know let's make it a corporation. Make it a not-for-profit corporation. That always sounds a lot better than some kind of self-centered, money-grubbing corporation, banker. So it is about, as I've said many times, I'm saying it now, it's about seeing that, and it's not about seeing it three level, levels back. So you may have to work, you may have to observe the first few layers of that without interfering. I'm not saying there might not come a time where you couldn't just stop that. Just don't do that. But it appears to me that that needs to be out of a radical and fundamental understanding or clarity or seeing of the initial surge to grasp, the initial surge to reject passion, aggression, and the initial surge or the immediacy of showing up as blocking off or distracting. As you hear me say a lot, it takes a while to do that. It takes a lot of disappointment. It seems to take a lot of sense of uh, a failure from the point of view of the self-centered mind, the narcissistic mind. And the, the, the sophistication, I don't know another word to use, that the ego, the self-centered mind, begins to develop because it is so greedy about success. It, it will practically settle for any little crumb of, I think maybe I'm getting somewhere. I seem to be more clear. I seem to be less this, more that, more this, less that. Looking for some kind of a credential. If it's Buddha Dharma, there's no credential. That being said, that doesn't mean that there aren't. If you're training your mind, you're sitting down and holding still and looking at your mind for long hours every day or every few days or whatever it may be. It doesn't mean that the awareness, because it is all pervasive and is not particularly ignoring too much, at least if you've been sitting a lot and endeavoring to just watch the movement, then you may actually see without it being particularly turned into a merit badge or uh, some kind of a, a feeling of uh, a meritorious accomplishment, uh, you may begin to see where you, you listen a little bit more than you were listening, say, a year or two ago. You seem to be able to, I'll use the word, tolerate some people's abrasive difficulty or uh, abrasive quality of being around them. Uh, you seem to be able to tolerate that or see more clearly why that person or how that person is trying to keep from suffering. So, therefore, you tend to get a big load of it. And that may be an actual aggressive load. Some people get rid of their aggression by actually not doing anything with the aggression, you know, just laying an eye at aggression. Other people do it with humor. Some people actually, that's the only way you can get the aggression out is to joke with somebody or make fun of people. Some famous com comedians use their, their deep, submerged anger to be funny. We can think of a few of those. This doesn't mean that all expression coming out of aggression is necessarily going to be funny. It takes the causes and conditions that arise there. Uh, it takes, a, a, what would you say, a sense of timing about that in order to make that what is 
shows up as aggression to be actually humor also. Quite often, quite frequently, if you look deeply in that, you see intense prejudice going on. So coming back to the title, everybody get out their tin whistle. We're about ready to play. And Chazan, uh, do you have your, your um, what's that thing he plays? Bagpipes. Yeah. Do you have your bagpipes? Yeah, yeah, we're all tuned up. All tuned up to play. Okay. Well, that's good. So we'll probably do that at the end. Uh, and if we can get any other musicians to join in, we'll maybe, I don't know if Mason's going to come on, but Mason is a, plays a lot of Irish tunes. And uh, perhaps he'll play us a tune at the end. But for right now, let's go back to the first part of that. Of that and that is to uh, fundamentally see, fundamentally see. If you see it fundamentally, it will have not develop any hooks or claws or legs. It'll, it'll just be the bulk uh, of, that, of that agreement, of that objection, of that neutral, positive, negative, neutral. Any positionality, even neutrality is a position because it, it needs to shut down on something order to, in order to what? Make the assumption that you're neutral. I don't care one way or another. <laughs> I'm not saying it's always that way. So the practice part of it seems to be being able to, over time, to not particularly get taken in by the, the fundamental uh, desire of wanting to be feel good, wanting to be successful, wanting to have some kind of, at some point, we'll just settle for some kind of relative uh, feeling that is at least we feel good at least we're getting better at least we're improving at least at least at least it's not that those are wrong it's just that it's not that you couldn't do that but it seems to be necessary to be very aware that you're operating in that way you may have to do that for a while just like uh, someone on the open or you know, open heart today was asking about it. i don't know how they put it but uh i don't know who who was it that said, is it okay to start out with? Um, Heather? It was Heather, yeah. Start out with the um, you know, column abiding or uh, shine or um, um, very simple uh, mindfulness, dwelling in tranquility. Of course it is. Should be done situationally. The emphasis is on, emphasis is on shikantaza uh, or just precisely this, just exactly this, just this, just this. And how do you do that? Don't do anything but receive, but you may you may have to do some work in another direction for a while, and that's where it would be uh, it would be coming out of your understanding, your awareness as to how much, say, closed uh, even closed eye meditation you might have to do in order to get some kind of sense of uh, presence so that you can open your eyes. Sometimes uh, people are having a great deal of difficulty. I'll even say, well, close your eyes. You know, uh, might even do a mantra possibly, although mantras aren't necessarily meant to soothe you. Each person, when I say see, see the impulse, each person's viewing of how that looks is going to have a, will have a different um, It'd be a different kind, different manifestation. So there's no way that I personally can uh, tell you how that's going to look. 
but using the word see, see it, uh, which can show up in any of the fields, uh, especially in the mind. See means to observe. Seeing isn't something you're doing. It's something you plan to have the intention to see, but the seeing itself uh, isn't particularly intentional. You're, you're receiving whatever is showing up. And then, then that gets turned around into the impulse when you like some things, you don't like other things, and other things are totally neutral, you don't care about them. Any, anything like that is a form, different, different ways of shutting down, of shutting down or interpreting. Something hasn't even come in the door yet, and already you're, you're describing how it looks, what it's wearing, uh, its gait, uh, the, any odor that it's giving off. I'm being a little uh, silly, but I'm just saying we're, we're already all about that. We, we're too frightened of the unknown because the unknown uh, frightens that aspect of the consciousness called Yogacara tradition, the seventh consciousness, or that area that is completely paranoid about everything. And so we want to have, we need some kind of a handle on the situation. So just observe insofar as you can just and if, if you find that you're shutting down then just observe that you're shutting down but make it as much as possible about receiving about awareness and receiving whatever's showing up and that there might might be little descriptions with that that kind of come with the territory but usually if you see something show up and there's a description that's actually a projection that's something you're doing to it and it is a, it is a very subtle way of hiding out from what it is because what it is if you know what it is this is called ignorance i'm happy to take questions on this or anything else as we go along if you have something come up if you don't i'll keep chattering carl bowing carl how do we catch the beginning of those impulses without developing stability of, of mind yes you excellent question it's just a matter of repetition and the, any stability that comes up just just happens, then don't push it away. Don't necessarily go into the other direction and say, oh, this, this, is, this is starting to feel like stability. It must be spiritual materialism. Everything is an illusion. Everything is illusory. Even the most solid, secure support system, including uh, the Buddha's Dharma. It's a, it is a raft that eventually comes apart once you've ridden across the river sticks. Um, um, Trumpa often talks about the third skanda as perception impulse. How do those two go together? Uh, Very good. It's, it's just, well, I don't know how he would say it. I mean, I, I know I've read that and I, but I don't have anything memorized, but the way it looks to me is there, there is a perception, which is the receiving part of it. You perceive something. And what you fundamentally perceive, the very fundamental perception, uh, which is talked about in uh, Yogacara, is perception only. Perception, no impulse. It doesn't mean the impulse is missing. It means that there's a perception and there's no a reaction or impulsiveness to it. So you perceive something, you immediately know what it is, know what it isn't, know what it should be, should be. And so, and that gets processed. Uh, form is the body basically form feeling and then perception perception impulse form feeling perception concept or the next one is we start to think about what we just perceived but the first just before the thoughts arise there's the impulse to 
uh, grasp or reject. And we're not sure why, but anything that we see coming up, uh, we, we need to get some kind of uh, stability out of, no is it good? Is it bad? Should I, should, should I open the door? Should I close the door? Should I ignore the door? Which is another way of what? Closing the door. So perception impulse, it's a way of talking about it. And there's traditional ways down through the centuries that this has been uh, laid out and discussed. Kozan uh, Bowering, sometimes you say when you see it, you won't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. um, this seems like a, a silly example, but if you, if you're eating a bowl of soup. And Me? I don't, I don't eat soup. Okay. Well, what do you eat? Well, I, I eat soup. Let's say there's a bowl of soup in front of you. And what do you eat? Okay. Good. Go ahead. Don't stop. There's a, um, a a spoon and a fork by the bowl, and you find yourself eating with the spoon. Do you know what that is? Well, you can know what it what it is relatively. So we're not trying to get rid of relative truth. So we're not trying to say, "Oh, I don't know what this is." We're not we're not talking about in some kind of a, a um, insanity. No, you're very clear about relative truth. But you, you don't know what this, you know what it is relatively, but you don't know what it is fundamentally. And that not knowing what it is fundamentally is, uh, is that's how in, insight starts to show up. You're actually willing, you could say it this way, you're actually willing to be all done with this grasping, rejecting, and shutting down situation. Even though you see, see it continually continue to happen because it's dependent origin, dependently arisen, you can't get away from dependent origination, but you can stop, uh, what is it saying, add fuel to the fire. You can just stop joining in. You can watch the rotation, and if it gets really fast, you watch. If it gets really slow, you watch. If it goes away, you watch. No conclusion, no conclusion, no conclusion. Nothing to keep the self-centeredness uh, moving. And the astonishing thing about this is there are, there's no result. So if you, if you realize your true nature, you might not feel like it. But I, I sometimes say if, you're, if you realize, you won't know it. The, the, the conventional mind will not know that. So you're pretty much stuck with your foolish self. Come and get me. Yes, go ahead, Choto. If we won't realize fruition, why would we walk the path? Did I say you wouldn't realize fruition? That's my paraphrase of what you said. That's a terrible paraphrase. Aren't you a monk? Yes. Okay, take another take another swipe at it. I'll wait. I don't remember what you said. You don't remember what you don't remember what you said or what I said. Yes. Oh, I said take another swipe at it. Does it feel like I'm mocking you? Yes. No, I'm not mocking you. This is called teaching. You're called a student. And you're a monk and I'm a monk. So we're on equal footing. <laughs> Go back to that question about if we, I have to paraphrase you, but if, if we're not going to realize our true nature, see that we've realized our true nature, why would we even do that? Is it my close? Yes, that's it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Isn't it interesting? And I'm 80 years old and I can remember that and you couldn't remember it. Can I cite an excuse? Yeah. I had my first COVID shot today. <laughs> All right. You're totally forgiven, man. Good for you. <laughs> so let me, let, let's work with that. Cause that's a, that's a very, I'm, I'm uh, teasing you a little bit, but that's a very valid question. And the way I would, uh, the way I'm going to respond to that is when I say you won't know it, as I'm saying that dynamic of the mind, that self-centered aspect of the mind that knows and doesn't know, or or, or validates or or, uh, or does anything relative uh, in the relative world. Uh, that that part of the mind, if if there is realization, that part of the mind, it might be running its mouth or something, or it might be uh, opening its ears, or it might could be doing any kind of relative thing. But it's, but it no longer is any, there's no, uh, assuming there is a driver's seat, there, it no longer has access uh, to what this is anymore. And what does have access to this, what this is, is called, for the lack of a better word, use the relative word of wisdom or Buddha nature. And the Buddha nature doesn't acquire information. It's just wisdom. The, the elseness or the otherness is not, is not there. So one just, one just functions out of, uh, it doesn't ignore relative truth, but all the relative truth that so shows up is wisdom. And so what you're seeing, things come and go and right and wrong, up and down, back and forth and pain and pleasure. And, and the, the one who is, uh, who is realized sees the same thing. They, and they can experience this. They have the same nerve endings. So they're, they're, the, they're not different. Uh, so they're, in a sense, one sense, they're the same. So what's different? Is there a difference? Find out, find out what's different. But you, the reason you would follow this path without any guarantees is most of the guaranteed paths are relative and have to do with gaining idea, getting somewhere, accomplishing something, being great, being Julius Caesar or being uh, Charles Manson or whatever end of the spectrum you fall on that's trying to get something, be something, be powerful. Nice show, Bowing. Nice show. Um, can we recognize enlightenment in another, Bowing? Only, only if you're awake. This doesn't mean that that not being awake that you won't meet someone who, who because of their style or their or their the chemistry between you and that person, something doesn't resonate. That's this happened to me a few times. I'm meeting someone who, meeting the Trungpa uh, Rinpoche, and but it, but it's uh, to the ego mind uh, when it's along for the ride is terrified of that kind of a roller coaster. But then, the uh, inspiration to to be clear, to be sane, to be sincere, to be genuine, to to no longer look for something else, something else, something else. What's going to work? What's going to work? What's right? What's wrong? What's true? What's false? And you, you realize that that, in my situation, and it could be different for everyone, realize that I, I, have to be, I have to be this person's student. I have to study under this person. I never even asked him to be my, be my teacher, be my guru, or I never asked him. It was just obvious to me. I never, I never thought that he might want to know that. He <laughs> uh, probably could tell by the way I function around him. Or not, I don't know. He might have, when I left the, uh, the 
the interview with him, he might have thought, shook his head and thought, oh, well, it's nice that he's at least trying, but that guy's good luck. I can hear him saying that as I went outside the door. Good luck. <laughs> Yikes. Different with everyone. Some people are going to have that, uh, some kind of a situation. Some people are not uh, scared out of their wits already. So it's, there's no right way for that to occur. Further questions? Instructions, you'll say, to look at the brush like we've never seen it before? Yes. How does that relative not knowing, or what does that relative not knowing have to do with ultimate not knowing? It's, it's just a, an ad, it's like Shikantaza, sit down, beginner's mind, just look at the wall, like the, the feeling of what, what is this all about? What, what, what am I doing here? It's not such a, uh, it's not something you have to particular, con particularly concoct or generate, it's something that just happens spontaneously. And then other times you sit down, there's nothing reliable there. Sometimes you sit down and you're just really happy that you have something like just a, a safe space where you can sit down and just do nothing. Just be here for a few hours. You might have to sit quite a bit to have that kind of a, you know, almost uh, kind of a luxurious feeling in a way of just not having to do anything. I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to do anything. Just sit and receive the mind. Receive whatever shows up, which is, of course, the mind. More? Jesus, I'm bowing. Do we have to re relatively not know before we can have some ultimate not knowing show up? Uh. <laughs> well, you, it's hard to be, I mean, it doesn't mean you can't be full of yourself. We're all full of ourselves and that doesn't have to go away. You just have to see that it's unreal. So thinking that you have to get, it's common. Uh, people talk about getting rid of their ego or, or this is just egotistical and, and people s slow themselves down by, uh, spending uh, uh, an approach to ego that is based on getting rid of our materialism or getting getting rid of the of the issue rather than seeing fundamentally what it is. And so maybe a little bit of that, I think it would show up differently with different people. Everyone is so, I'm sure you've noticed, everyone is so, just when we get together to study the Dharma, study the Lankavatara Sutra, the Sambhina, Machana Sutra, Heart Sutra, whatever, and talk about that, or study the works of Dogen. My goodness, what a, what a, what a I mean, that's a, he's, he's uh, similar to Rinpoche with a different style than he talked out of both sides of his mouth at once. Relative truth, absolute truth. And it's like, what? What? So maybe, maybe some of that will show up for you or for others. And then others, not that way at all. Uh, different, different kind of, uh, um, a different, uh, Irish jig. Michael Bowing. Yes, sir. What's not real about our suffering? Well, it's relatively real. It's relative. It has to do with nerve endings and it has to do with the, 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 the mind stream that worries about what's going to happen next, uh, that has a, an understanding of past and future based on um, uh, believing in, in the structure of relative truth, that this is all there is. It's called materialism. Most of the world is running on some kind of materialism, some of them doing 
more horrible job than others. So it's relatively real. What the unreal part, the part that, that is that it needs to be looked at from this perspective. Other teachers might work with us differently, probably do, is to see that there's no, there's no identity experiencing this relativity. So even though you're having intense pain, there's no solid being there. The pain is intense and it's abraded nerve endings. It's a, a, a synovial cyst in your L, L4 lumbar, which I just had last May. Not comfortable. Painful. But, and the pain is relatively real. But ultimately, it's unreal. But this doesn't mean that suddenly because you realize its ultimacy that you stop feeling it because the very the very feeling itself is dependently arisen. So you can't get, can't have it. You can't have, um, how, how can I say it? You can't have banana cream pie without your blood sugar going up. It's kind of a personal image. <laughs> I'm saying you can't have this and that are the whole thing is connected together. It's to see that the, uh, the fundamental situation is, is insubstantial or unreal and, and is uh, dependently risen and is impermanent. All compounded things come apart. But then also see that there's no, there's no personhood. It's, a, it's an incredible um, uh, being, uh, being because of hope and fear, because of that, we, uh, we grasp at some kind of a being that must be going through this or some person that can't stand this anymore. And we continue to uh, we continue to miss seeing uh, seeing the impulse uh, by trying to abandon the feeling to use a, uh, to to abandon the feeling to abandon the perception. Feeling shows up, form shows up. Don't abandon the form. Shikantaza. Feeling shows up, shows up. Don't abandon the feeling. And perception, don't abandon. Even the thinking process, don't abandon it. Just observe what moves and, and discover your true nature. Go ahead, Chisho. Chisho Bowing. Uh, a person who has seen through seems to be straddling both the relative perspective and an absolute perspective. What is it that they used to do that straddling between the two? How do they go back and forth? No, they don't have to straddle. They don't have to go back and forth because relative truth and absolute truth are no longer two different things. Come on, drag it out of me. I want to say more about this, but I can't, I can't say it because I can't do anything by myself. I have to do it with you. So help me, help us. Give, give me a question that I'm that completely... Uh, blows the top of my head off. Go ahead. Go ahead, Yuham. Then how how can we seek uh, spiritual growth? Though we know that's not the the ultimate truth, as what you said. That's the only way you can do. It. If you do it any other way, my dear, it is it is a it is a spiritual materialism. What I'm talking, what you're at, the question you're asking, I'm saying that's the only way you can do it. Because otherwise it turns into some kind of gaining idea, some kind of greed or some kind of progress, some kind of getting somewhere. And Buddhism is full of all kinds of progressions. But you'll notice if you read them, they don't seem to lead anywhere. Like if you read the 12 of the 10 Bhumis or 
11 boomies or whatever. You read any kind of progression and you find that, gee, this seems like pretty much what was happening uh, three boomies ago. You know, and then, but then they'll stitch it together. Trunk Rinpoche, I think, in the myth of freedom, uh, stitches the the project, the paramitas and the boomies all together, so they make total sense. <laughs> Not really, he doesn't do that. But it's a profound teaching to study anyway, to see the way relative truth can be used in such a way to work with that, and you could say even massage that area, so we begin to get some insight beyond the very the very concepts and ideas that are that are supporting the ultimate realization. We're not separate. You're not separate from me. I'm not. We're separated, but fundamentally not separate. That's why I was saying to Chisho, come and let's do this. I mean, come and ask me questions, and so that I can hear what I'm going to say because I have no idea what I'm going to say. I, I when you said it, so you're going to sing an Irish jig, or did you say that? Irish? Yeah. I said, no, no, I don't want to torture anybody. I'm not going to do that. So, Pinkle bowing. Yes. What is it that makes practice so important in this path? Because when you practice, what you've done is you've slowed things down, the speediness of the mind of going here, going there, liking this, don't like that, I like this, I like that, I don't like that. Listen to what they're saying. What, what are they saying that for? Do you, do you understand what they're, don't they realize how crazy they sound? Da, 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 da. And it's not just that, that's just part of what's going through the mind, you know. And it's quite often when we're walking through the house, we're not saying anything, but our mind is like a buzzsaw and you can't even count the teeth, it's going so fast. And, and the illusion of getting somewhere or getting nowhere, sometimes that's just as valuable. At least I know I'm not getting anywhere. So that reifies the person who's not getting anywhere. It's like that there I go again person. Can't seem to get a leg up anywhere. This is never going to work for me. Spiritual path is not my, I need to just paint houses or something else. Further, Michael? So is it is it more important this idea of slowing the mind rather than finding a peaceful place? Yeah, you don't. Uh, the problem with a peaceful place is you can find one, but it won't last, and then you get tied into trying to make it last because you you got you got a, a pumpkin pie in the sky and it works pretty good, and then it starts to collapse because the compounded things whether you put it together, anything, anybody put it together, it comes apart. You've always, you're, you're, you're constantly doing your spiritual laundry. It gets dirty and gets dirty and gets dirty. You have to keep washing it and washing it. And re and then you talk to your other people who and say, how am I, how, I'm pretty clean. Are you clean? How, I don't know. How do you look? How, I'm pretty clean. You know, we always are looking to, to be absolutely to get rid of the three poisons to get rid of passion uh, passion, aggression, to get rid of those, that's that's a misunderstanding as far as I understand it. And, and you know, I, I may be, I might be talking to, uh, uh, you know, what, 30, 30, I don't know, 30 some people tonight, and you might listen to me and go elsewhere next week. I don't know. But I'm not talking to you to try to capture you because this is how this looks. If you're interested in this, then that's why I'm still alive. Ivan Bowing. 
Go ahead, Ivan. If we are in, in during chicken taza, if we are to receive, we're watching the mind and we're receiving, it's all coming from us. So how can we receive if we already have it? That's the only way you can do it. It just looks like other. It looks like something else. It looks like something new. It looks like something old. And so, and also receiving as part of that is seeing how you can't quite receive it. It tends to get worse sometimes. Sometimes we go through a through a passage where just nothing is working. Our, our meditation practice is terrible. We can't even sit anymore. We might go for a week or two weeks or maybe longer. We just can't sit. I can't do it. I can't sit there anymore. And then, of course, nothing lasts. And especially the less you do with it, the 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 more uh, the less of length it will have do less and therefore because it gets its energy it gets its propellant from passion aggression ignorance of an imputed or a believed self that wants that and doesn't want that it's it's about the uh, the illusion of time are you familiar with long gene Whitnauer? i am not they used to make clocks about 100 years ago go look them up Okay. <laughs> I'm being silly. I'm just saying, but we, we think there's, we all right. It isn't that there isn't something like time, but it's not exactly the linear uh, shish kebab that we think it is one moment after another on a stick. Jason bowing. Yes, Jason, go ahead. So when you say that the ultimate truth and relative truth are not separate, do you mean that in the way that Catholics mean that the um, that Jesus, God, and the um, Holy Ghost are not separate. In that, really, they are both separate and not separate. You know, I've never been able to figure out what those guys mean. But I, I'm not a Catholic, so and I have not practiced that. But maybe I mean they they're they're mixing it up in different ways. So that uh, well, I don't the Holy I, Trinity. Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, go ahead. so I believe. Maybe you had mentioned um, an analogy of in the past of um, relative truth kind of being like clouds that get in the way of the sun, which is the ultimate truth. And so you would think of clouds as a thing and, a, and, and you think of the sun as a thing and one's getting in the way of the other. So they're both kind of there, there, there as, as separate things, but, but they're not also can not be separate at the same time. And this kind of sounds like what you're saying. So that's what I was asking about. So what, 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 Are they both separate and not separate? Yes. Okay. But the, the thing you left out when you talk about the sun and the clouds uh, is the sky. Oh, it's the sky that is being obscured by the clouds. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, it kind of is. But you when you see it, then you see that the sky and the clouds. At first, you, you go through and see everything is empty. So you see that the, the that the clouds themselves are empty of any otherness. They are not something. They're not something else. And then eventually, it all comes back, and you realize that the clouds are are the sky, and therefore they're clouds because they're no longer se separate from their from their background. Just a way of talking about it. You know, there's all kinds of uh, all kinds of different ways of, of using metaphors and images and. Uh, 
The Carl Brunholzl's book, uh, Center of the Sunlit Sky, uses uh, a little bit of that, which is uh, a book that uh, I studied uh, a while back. I actually studied it with John Roadhouse, who's a, uh, who was on here this evening and is a, uh, a longtime friend of mine. Dharma brother. I have several Dharma brothers here, ancestors. No further questions, Shishou. I want to go back to that straddling. Um, okay. So uh, that straddle rhymes with saddle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, because, you know, previously when you were answering, I think, Shodo, you were talking about relative knowing and not knowing being different from an absolute knowing or not knowing. And so that's where, for a person who's seen through, are they experiencing two kinds of knowings at the same time? Yeah, you know, I could see where you would say that, but actually, there there's no experiencer, therefore, there's no experience. I'm not trying to get all exotic and and difficult to even uh, follow at all, but I'm just saying that fundamentally, there the identity, the identities of of self and other are are just not there. The same thing is here. There's still a coffee table. There's still some coffee. There's still an ache in your back, and there's still uh, uh, camel tracks in the snow. So it's not the same relative truth is somehow no longer there. You're so, in some kind of mystical realm. No, you're you're the the gravitas of reality is intense and solid, and you are a solid being, and you actually can, as it says in the Zen tradition, chop wood, carry water. You can actually function uh, completely thoroughly. And with complete respect for everything, you can chop the wood, can carry the water, and this is a, uh, and this is a, um, a Buddha nature. It's it, it is a, it is a Dharmadhatu, the, and it is a, uh, all those other uh, realms. Everything, the, the realm of truth, the realm of relative truth, everything is all at once, as it co- says in Coben's uh, translation of the Heart Sutra. Falling apart, falling apart, falling. What's falling apart? The your, your attachment to relative truth. Relative truth is fine. It's the attachment, the belief in this and the disbelief in that, the desire for that and the, the, the wish or the hope that that will go away. The attachment to thinking that there's something to do. And it seems we have to do a lot of doing nothing before we're able to see uh, that fundamental uh, misunderstanding. So falling apart, falling apart, the relative structure fall, and then it, then it's uh, uh, at the end, it's uh, nothing to do because there there isn't any, any otherness happening. It isn't that you don't have dishes to wash or uh, have to go out to the mailbox or something. Relative things are happening, but they they don't have the they don't have the kind of the polarity to them that they once had. Everything all at once. Junshu Bowing. Yes, Junshu. A question on YouTube from Natasha. Yes, Natasha. Whenever you answer questions, are they just your own opinion? (laughs) Damn right they are. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, who else are they going to be? You know, I, I may not know much, but I know what I know. 
Well, of course, there's some kind of a self, self-centered thing operating here. Otherwise, they can do this at all. But that which is holding the opinion or the idea or the, the conclusion that, that helps me actually make a statement about anything at all uh, is, uh, to use the fancy word for it, is to, be, is to meet people in the shit that they're mired in. If, if, I, if I just uh, sing angelic songs or play Irish tunes, which I can't do, by the way, I would like to be able to, though, uh, then, then that would be nice and it would be beautiful. And it would be wonderful, but in order to teach the Dharma, one has to have understood it or practiced it and had a, a teacher, uh, a teaching, and a community. Those same thing, three things seem to be difficult to do without any one of those. And so I guess you could say there's some opinions. Some things are going to show up like opinions, but I would invite you, and, and this is sincere. If you if you see a, a opinion I've, I'm having, come and investigate. Ask me a question about why I'm saying something like, uh, let's see, what's a good opinion I have? You should train the mind. <laughs> That's a pretty good opinion. I would say, don't go, don't live another day. Don't go towards uh, death comes without warning, without training the mind, so that when you do go back into the elements, your body does rather, and your your consciousness is is a uh, um, liberated from its attachment to a physical form and you're wandering around in the intermediate state, uh, I would say it might be a good idea to train your mind so that that is not a surprise. It might be surprising, but it's fundamentally not a surprise. You, you knew this was coming because you've been looking at it on the wall day after day after day. Well, find out who you are. I guess you could call it an opinion. You could say, well, should, you pra- should I practice uh, uh, Judaism or Islam or Christianity or Buddhism or what should I practice or be a shaman or should I just be an atheist or should I be an agnostic? Should I, should I? I said, I think it might be a good idea to practice the Buddha's Dharma. I guess that's kind of an opinion. I, I'm not saying I studied all of that, but, uh, other, uh, other approaches to the spiritual path, but um, I, didn't, I didn't exactly ignore them either. So I guess you could call it opinion somewhat. Uh, go ahead, Chisho. Chisho uh, Bahing. So this exchange, so when you're, when you're dealing with a student or somebody who is still living in the relative world, yeah. if you're going to meet them where they are, don't you have to then deal with the passion or aggression or the ignorance yeah. Uh, yeah. of the student? Of course, just like uh, I, I don't know uh, uh, Natasha. I don't know. I may have met her, but I I don't recognize uh, uh, the name. I think I know a few. Do we know? Do I know anybody named? Her? But but I need to be, and I mean this. If she's still listening, which she may or may not be, but I, I need to be. If you're going to help anybody, you have to be very respectful of what you think or what you perceive is their confusion and what you perceive is their wisdom. The question is the, the question shows her wisdom. But the nature of the of the question uh, uh, shows her confusion. Not a bad thing. It's just it shows that she would need to ask the question. It shows that that she's not really hearing what I'm saying. And is that my opinion? Yeah, damn right it is. My opinion. But it's not about uh, never having any opinions. It's about seeing that something is an opinion and is grounded in a certain kind of understanding of relative truth. Where, but you don't uh, you don't hand out, ha- grab the wrong end of a knife and squeeze. 
you'll cut yourself. So make sure because the, the handle of the knife and the blade of the knife are not two separate things. They just look like it. And they are so convincing that it's rare that you'll ever uh, grab the hand, the blade of the knife. I know the metaphor might be a little, a little, little vague, but I'm talking about meeting people where they're at. I'm talking about uh, Natasha. And, and Natasha, as I said, Natasha's question is, that's a good question. She should come here for the next uh, three or four weeks and ask me questions every day. I'd like to hear what I have to say about things like that. On second thought, Natasha, don't don't come back anymore. Your questions are too hard. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can do whatever you want. Please do whatever you want. Is that control? I'm not trying to control her. Please do whatever you want. Like I got her under my thumb. So that's what teachers quite often do is they want to control you, seduce you. Sometimes the motivation is to fundamentally help you. And sometimes the motiva motivation is to get followers and get power and be somebody important. I'd be very suspicious of anybody functioning as a Dharma teacher, including this guy. You're home bowing. Go ahead, you If If nothing is separate uh, in terms of wisdom and illusion, is that possible to lower one and um, lift at the same time lower one and lift the other one I, uh, well the lowering and the lifting is uh is is not something if you see what this is there's nothing to correct there's nothing to fix there's nothing to raise there's nothing to lower that being said you still might have to practice to do you have to get to the wall you have to sit down and you have to uh, and it depends on the tradition, depends on the form, depends on the structure, depends on how that shows up. You still may have to supplicate the Buddhas of the 10 directions and the three times. You still may have to chant the sutras. You may still have to ask those beings uh, in the intermediate state to, to protect you. So it's, it's, not, it's not theism because you are not talking to anything of uh, an aspect of your own wisdom mind. Anytime you pray in this tradition, anytime you pray to pray for help or supplicate for help, you're always talking to yourself. And you're if you're a Buddhist, then you're praying for others. I mean, you could be praying for yourself too, so you can continue to help others. But basically, it's a prayer for others. May all beings uh, be happy and at their ease. Everybody, even the even the even the, the socialists. But but at this moment, you always said that just take care of yourself, like work on myself, for example. I, you know, when you mentioned that, see myself in others or help others, I feel like, you know, I haven't really taken care of myself yet, how I could, even my children. So how I am able to, I'm able to, but I just feel like it's not really uh, an urgency for me to think that far yet, even though I do have the intention. I think you're fine. Hi. I think, you know, I, I think you're doing fine. Just get to the wall, spend some time uh, training your mind. This is, and here I'm, I'm biased. You could even say from Natasha's point of view, I have an opinion. Do Shikantaza. Don't do uh, Shine and Laktong or, or 
uh, mindfulness awareness or Shamadeva Pashna. But I'd also say, if you want to do that, please go ahead and do that. Of the two, as uh, Tisha said, keep, keep the principle witness. You may need to do, I had to do uh, creation completion practices for many, many years. Deity yoga, it's called. I had to do lots of that. I didn't start out by, well, I did start out by doing chicken taza, and I, you could say I kind of returned to it. But it looks like I really needed to do those other practices. If someone comes this way and that looks like they need to do that, I can help. I'm not a llama, so they might not get the, the, that particular kind of uh, credential from it. It's about the training. It's not about uh, the particular imprimatur of the llama. Fine. You're doing fine. Just, just continue. So you wouldn't ask me a question and then ignore what I said, would you? Okay. We got a deal then. Yeah, it's just very hard, but uh, and, I definitely. Well, the downside, you know, this is really important. The, the downside of it being hard is it's, it's hard. It's hard. Well, we know it's hard. But the upside of that, that, hard, that difficulty means you're probably looking in the very area when you're meditating, when you're coming and doing a, uh, joining the Sangha and studying the Dharma, however that may be, you're probably probably looking right in the area where your your confusion is or where your difficulty is or or where things are, are closed off and you're beginning to look in there and it, it can be challenging and difficult. Everybody has, everyone here probably has some version of that other than those of you who are already enlightened, of course. Sorry. Thank you. One more question, if there is one, and if there isn't, then we'll. Bowing. Yes. A question from Bobby in Florida. Uh, oh, Bobby. Yeah, go ahead, Bobby. Is seeing ourselves and all other sentient and insentient in the universe as cells in a universal body a close enough description of no self? Well, it's, a, it's certainly a description, and it's a certainly a description that that uh, addresses uh, the, the conceptual idea of no self. But but it's not it's not realization. Realization the the concepts are to, to help you get in that direction. But at some point you you're going to have to uh, jump off the raft and swim to shore because that raft can't even get close to the shore. And is it a shore? Uh, not really. But we need to need to have something out there. A little bit. So don't misunderstand. I'm not saying don't use that or stop thinking about that. No, use that. Just realize that that's, a, that's part of the path. There's a ground of suffering, difficulty, challenges, having suffering, and uh, uh, death comes without warning and all of that. And then there's the path. The path and this is the, the path of uh, awakened truth, Buddha, Dharma taught by the Buddha 2,500 years ago and, and still seems to be happening in different areas. It's a, it's a cumulative tradition, not a revealed one. No one came and revealed anything, but it's cumulative. So here we are. And I would say, just, just keep going. And, and Bobby, if that idea serves you, if you need that kind of a structure, and I'm not saying you need something that other people don't need. Everybody has a different way of looking at it. I would say if the way you're asking, the way your questions show up, I would say, uh, read the Lankavatara Sutra. 
and, and read uh, while you're at it, when you're through reading that, read all three uh, translations that are out there more than once. And then when you get that, that done, read the Samdhi Nirmachana Sutra. I think there's three translations of that also. And I'm not just being silly. I'm just saying, if you like those concepts, people have been doing this all over the place for centuries and centuries and doing, I mean, I'm not a scholar. I, I can't, uh, uh, I, I can't really, I, mean, I can I can somewhat, but like I would say uh, 20 years ago when I was studying this, uh, uh, the uh, Brunholz's book, Center of a Sunless Sky, that, those concepts are very sparkly and very pointed and very exact and structured and, and pretty elaborate stuff. But it's, it's an incredible description of the nature of ultimate reality as it relates to conceptual or relative reality. But it's not realization. The same thing with the Jeffrey Hopkins book or, or any one of the sutras. They're, they're words on a page. And if they may help you, uh, they may hinder you if you get too attached to it. Anybody want to hear a tune? I'm, I'm not playing it because I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not about to embarrass myself any further. I've already done it in the last hour. So let's see. Uh, is there anyone else here that's a musician? No. Well, Carl's a musician. Carl can. Carl, can you play uh, an Irish jig? An Irish jig or an Irish uh, reel? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carl's got his piano right there or his keyboard. Go for it, Carl. Oh, what do you have there? A, a flute? So, so Daniel, is isn't flamenco music very similar to Irish music? Come on, Daniel. <laughs> I see you. I see your picture. I don't see you. Is Mason's not here? I, I couldn't find Mason. Uh, I, uh, Mason was here. I'm sure he's he probably was, shoveling snow. He might he's be shoveling snow. Uh, Did Daniel say anything? No? Daniel went to sleep. <laughs> well, I don't see, I don't see Mason. Any other musicians out there that want to play uh, anything? You don't have to play uh, Irish music. You can, you could play uh, uh, flamenco. Kevin, could you sing something? <laughs> uh, I I could any any requests? Yeah. Oh, Daniel replied. Sorry, trying to get food in sick dog. Oh, that's Dash. I'm I'm glad your Dash is uh, uh, slowly starting to get better. It sounds like from the email you sent us. So uh, good luck with uh, with him, Daniel. Thank you, Kevin. So what? Uh, I'll sing you a Kirsty McCall song.
Okay, go for it. You've been around for such a long time now. Maybe I could leave you, but I don't know how. And why should I be lonely every night when I can be with you? Oh, yes, you make it right. And I don't listen to the guys who say that you're bad for me. And I should turn you away because they don't know about us. And they've never heard of love. I get a feeling when I look at you, wherever you go now, I want to be there too. They say we're crazy, but I just don't care. And if they keep on talking, still they get nowhere. So I don't mind if they don't understand when I look at you and you hold my hand. Because they don't know about us. And they've never heard of love. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So, Carmen, you sing. Can't you sing something? I've been coughing a lot today. Oh, okay. Wouldn't probably be, but I thank you. Janice Joplin. She coughed. <laughs> yeah, do Janice Joplin. <laughs> That'll make her cough. Yeah, she'll <laughs> cough even more. Okay, well, dedicate the marathon. That's always a good tune. <laughs> May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.